This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast. As always, brought to you by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Go to the Bet Rivers app for all of your. Wagering needs, new and improved. You'll get everything you want there from an entertainment standpoint, from an informative standpoint. So just check out the Bet Rivers app. And remember, get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet as little as $10 in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn in a square. You put a little more money in, you can get up to three squares. And just like you have that. Super Bowl box, you can get action on every game, nail the final score, and you could win up to $10,000 by putting just a couple of bucks into the uh, same game parlay. So check it out uh, on the games with the icon and most of the NFL games, uh, or all of them have it, okay? Now, we've lived through this awful baseball season, which is coming to a merciful end very soon. But I'll tell you, uh, if there was a crescendo of just bad things in New York sports, maybe this last weekend was it. Maybe this was the final wave that had a crash on the shore before things start to look up. Because in just a few moments you have Dominguez who comes up and really uh, excites the Yankee faithful and excites everybody in baseball with his play over a few games and his power over a few games, and then comes up with the injury. You have the Giants put forth an effort that was so bad that it's hard to even describe. That's how poor it was against the Cowboys in prime time. And then, of course, we have the whole debacle with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, who we see in that really uh, momentous moment with the stadium alive, people with the Rodgers jerseys, the backdrop of all the emotion in the building, uh, and Rodgers carrying the American flag. And you say, boy, does a guy ever come into a city, come into a town, and ever make a bigger splash than this guy has made over Four months. I mean, he did everything he could to make himself part of the New York sports scene. And he did a very good job with it. There's no question. And then to have him not complete a pass as the Jet quarterback and go down in a heap with an Achilles tendon uh, rupture. I mean, it's just hard to fathom. Now, we did get some good news if you're a Met fan, and that is uh, Stearns, who has been the object of Cohn's desire for quite some time. David Stearns will now run the Mets. And if his past history is any indication, they will be headed in the right direction. I mean, he's a bright kid, as everyone knows, and I still call him a kid at 
you know, his age of less than 40. He is a bright guy who has a track record, and I think things will move in the right direction. He's got a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of work to do with the underpinning of the franchise and changing things throughout the baseball operation. And then he has some big decisions to make. Who's going to manage? What does he do with his first baseman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll get into all that as the offseason comes your way. The biggest and most pressing thing right now is obviously the Jets and their quarterback position. Okay. Let's get to the Giants first because it's much easier. The Giants are embarking on what is, in essence, a two-game trip. They're going to play in Arizona on Sunday. Very fortunately, they have Arizona on the schedule after the uh, Sunday night debacle. And then they have a Thursday night game at San Francisco. Listen, anytime you're playing a Thursday night game, it's rough. If you're coming off a road game and playing a Thursday night game, it's patently unfair. Okay? Now, the Giants, I'm sure, I didn't check their itinerary, but I guarantee you they're staying out there. I mean, it would make no sense to come back. So they're going to play there Thursday. I'm sure they've picked a place to practice and get ready and not make the trek back and forth again, not add another, you know, 6,000 miles in uh, airfare and in, in, in air miles and stuff like that. Not the fare, but just the wear and tear on the bodies. Um, this trip is the classic one-on-one. If they go 2-0, and oh, it's a great trip. If they went 0-2, it's a disastrous trip because there's no way they should lose to Arizona, and there's probably very little way they're going to win in San Francisco in week three on Thursday night. Hey, they'd have a shot. They have a shot to lose. They have a shot to win, okay, those two games. But if it works to what you expect, they should get a win in Arizona, suffer a defeat, and come back with a 1-1, which is what you would expect out of these next couple of days from the Giants. The Giants, a lot of times in the NFL, when you crash and burn, as the Giants did on Sunday night, the biggest thing is who's on the schedule next. If you have a brutal game to back it up, you could be looking at a long slide. Two becomes three, becomes four weeks very easily in the NFL. And rough starts are just the opposite of good starts in the NFL. You can take a team that had high hopes and had aspirations to be a postseason team, and it gets off to that one and four start, it never recovers. Conversely, you get that team that starts to buy in that wasn't a very good team but gets off to that three and one, four and one start and buys in. The guys who didn't buy in start to buy in. The little injuries don't matter. The little problems and squabbles don't matter. All the little issues don't matter. People start to buy into winning just like they start to come apart when they lose. The Giants need a quick fix. They've got it in Arizona, which is a brutal team. Arizona played competitively in Washington only because Washington turned the ball over and handed them some touchdowns. They did not drive the ball to score. They scored by basically having, you know, Washington repeatedly turn the ball over. That was why it was close. And again, with a couple of plays by, the, by Washington, they would have still won by a sizable uh, margin. They didn't, but they could have easily. And like I said, their scores for Arizona came from the defense, not from the offense. Their offense is awful. 
Their team is awful. I'm not saying it's not going to compete the first couple of weeks or try the first couple of weeks, but they have no talent. And they are probably the worst team in the league. I'd say most definitely the worst team in the league. Giants should win there, and then they should have a very tough time in San Francisco. I'm not, I'm not going to overreact to week one, but what we saw from the Giants was alarming. Alarmingly bad. Especially the inability to protect the quarterback in any way. The Cowboys are good. I made that point before the season started. They're very good. I don't think they'll get to the Super Bowl. I didn't pick them. Only because I don't trust the quarterback. I never have. If you've listened to me through the years, you know I don't trust them. But I told you I thought they could win 13, 14 games during the regular season. It wouldn't have surprised me. And clearly Philly, Dallas, and San Francisco is on a different plateau than the other teams in the NFC. There are a whole bunch of teams in the AFC, and a couple of the most notable ones lost. Buffalo handed a gift to the, to the Jets. Kansas City handed a gift to the Lions by just dropping everything in sight. Playing without Kelsey, playing without Jones, and then dropping every pass known to man. And Cincinnati was just putrid. They got their rear ends kicked on a rainy day. It was almost like they just weren't ready to start the season on a rainy day in Cleveland. Now, they never play well in Cleveland, as you know, and Cleveland's a tough place to play because Cleveland's not a bad team. And they can beat you up. I would expect Cincinnati to turn around. In, I would expect all three of those teams to turn around in a hurry. If you're going to write any of those teams off after one week, it's silly. They are still all title contenders. Kansas City's got Jones back. They'll probably get Kelsey back, and they'll hold on to the ball, or they won't play. Tony won't play. Sky Moore won't play if they drop the football. They targeted those two guys, Sky Moore and Tony, eight times in the game. They did not have a catch. They had an inside pitch that went as a reception for Tony on the two-yard line that he got to the one-yard line. But other than that, they dropped every pass that was thrown to them or had a call back. Sky Moore made one big play uh, on the last drive that would have resulted in a big first down and set them up for a winning field goal, but they called it back on a hold. You wouldn't worry about the Chiefs. You wouldn't worry about the Bengals. You wouldn't worry about the Bills right now. Although, I'll tell you something. The Josh Allen thing has become a huge, huge problem. But that's the Bills' problem. Now to the Jets. The Jets are going to tell you publicly, as they already have, that they have full confidence in Zach Wilson to do the job and take them to the playoffs and take them to the promised land. The Jets are a very good defensive team, which we all know. They have two superb, even three, because I'm a big Cook guy. I like Dalvin Cook a lot. He's been an incredibly dependable player in the league. 1,300 scrimmage yards in the Pro Bowl in each of the last four years. The guy's a big-time player. Hall is an incredibly explosive player. He can touch the ball and go 80 yards anytime. He did the other night. He also had some big gainers, 29 yards, 20 yards, 30-something yards. I mean, the guy is 
a big-time game-breaker. And Wilson is a phenomenal talent. The play he made in the end zone on a terribly thrown pass for a touchdown was unbelievable. That was a great catch. Not a good catch. That was a great play. He is a very talented wide receiver. Probably as talented as just about anybody this side of Jefferson and Chase. He's that good. But if they try to tell you that they're happy with that offensive line, they're lying. If they're trying to tell you that they're happy with the quarterback, it's nonsense. They're going to have to hold their breath. And you saw it in the game the other day. Through a horrible pick, the touchdown pass to Wilson was terribly thrown, and they don't believe in him because when they got the gift, and it was a gift, the last two turnovers that, that Allen produced for them in the fourth quarter, that changed the game. The pick, the third of, th- of Whitehead's three interceptions, and then the fumble when he takes his eyes off the snap and fumbles the ball. Those were gifts. The Jets forced two turnovers. Last year, the Jets were a very good defense, but they didn't force turnovers. They were 29th in the league in takeaways. The other night, they forced two, and they got two unforced errors, which they collected. But when they got the ball back on the 27-yard line at 13-13 with a gift, they did not attack they played for a go-ahead field goal against a guy who can easily come down the field in a minute and score on anybody. And he came down the field and got a field goal, and if he had a couple of more seconds, he might have gone into the end zone. They got the ball on the 27-yard line. Did they go right up and attack like teams do? No. First and 10, run. Second and four, run. Third and one, obviously run. Fourth and one, quarterback sneak. We know that. But then they get the ball with a first down. Run, lose three yards. Second and 13 on the 19-yard line. Second and 13 on the 19-yard line, they run the ball. Third and 12, they run the ball. It's a ensure the three with Carter running the ball on third and 12. They never, ever looked at the end zone. Why? Because they were afraid of the quarterback turning the ball over. And they wanted to lead in that spot. Even though you know you're giving the ball back to a lethal. I understand he turned the ball over four times, but we all know what Josh Allen can do in the last minute of a game. We've all seen him do it. And he got him a field goal again. I understand it bounced off the upright and went through. That's not his issue. He got them down the field comfortably for a field goal. The Jets played for three because they have no faith in their quarterback. They can't go anywhere playing that way. They need to believe in their quarterback. They need to act like they believe in their quarterback. When you run those plays, you don't have any faith in your quarterback. None. Because if they get three there and the Buffalo gets seven, how do you answer that when you didn't even attack the end zone with the turnover when you got it on your own 27-yard line in a tie game? Either you're running the ball down to the last seconds and kicking the field goal or you're attacking the end zone trying to put the game away. They didn't do that. They ran the ball and gave it up and said, listen, we're not giving you the turnover. We're not going to take a sack out of field goal range. We are going to hand the ball off. 
and get out of here. Take our gift and get up three and let our defense do the rest. It worked out because they got a punt return in overtime. They didn't get a play from their quarterback in overtime. They got a punt return in overtime. And I'm not here to pick on Zach. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just being honest about my assessment. He will not deliver them where they need to go. He has not, not made the strides that he needs to make. All I keep hearing about is he's got all this talent. I don't see it. I don't see it. He's not a bad athlete. He's mobile. He can once in a while drill the ball, but he's incredibly inaccurate. And he doesn't know where to go with the football. The Jets don't need Jameis Winston. I like Jameis Winston, but Jameis Winston is a feast or famine quarterback. He's going to make huge plays and he's going to make huge mistakes. That's who he is. That's not what the Jets need. With the Jets having what they have now, they need a game manager. They need someone who can not turn the ball over, run the offense, be good on play fakes because with their running game, with Cook and Carter and, of course, Hall, and with Wilson at the wide receiver spot, and then the other receivers who are good possession guys, and they're big playmen in Wilson, they have the ingredients to be a terrific team. The offensive line scares you, so you have to, have to get rid of the ball quickly because their tackles can't block quality quality rushes are going to embarrass their tackles. Why they have a guy the size of Beckton trying to cut guys at the line of scrimmage, I understand what they're trying to do. It's, it's designed for quick throws. I understand what they were trying to do against the pass rush. But it's not what he's good at, if he's good at anything. And frankly, their tackles are inferior that's bottom line. It's a huge weakness for them. But they need a quarterback who it'd be nice if he had some escapability. That's asking too much to get a guy who won't turn the ball over, can play the play-action game, and, and deliver the ball to Wilson and get out of harm's way. That's a lot to ask when you don't have anything out there to really grab onto. I don't know that Matty Ice has anything left. And he's, as soon as he steps back on the field, he affects the $12 million that the Colts owe him. I think he'll stay retired. I don't know what's in Philip Rivers' mind. I don't know what he has left. I don't know. I mean, there are guys that I think would be, like I think Teddy Bridgewater would be good for them. They're not going to be able to get him. I think he would be good for them. I can give you some other guys that I think would be good for them, but they're on rosters and they're second string, you know, dependable backups and they're not going to be traded. It's week two. This is not, you know, the trade deadline. This is week two. People aren't going to trade you their backup quarterback. You can make the case that the Jets had to go into the season with a better backup. It was discussed plenty of times. Now, did I think Rogers is going to go down in a heap? No, I didn't. 
That's not his history. Yet last year he did play with a thumb injury. Before that he played with a toe injury. I understand he's had a couple injuries, but very few in his career. Did I think that was going to happen to him? No. And you never know when the Achilles is going to go. It's a freak injury. It's not an injury you can predict. I knew as soon as he sat down that there was big trouble. As soon as he sat down, he knew he was done. Now, I didn't know yet what it was. I knew that 10 minutes later, because everyone who's ever been around anything with a doctor knows that they know within seconds about the Achilles, they just give you that test where they squeeze the calf and they know immediately whether you have ruptured the tendon or not. They knew two minutes into the locker room that he was, they probably knew in the 10th that he was done. They didn't tell anybody. They didn't want to demoralize the team. I understand that. But the bottom line was they knew two seconds in that his season was over. You knew when he was in the boot, you were looking at an extensive, extensive injury. And most likely to the ankle, you were looking at an Achilles because that's what goes in 40-year-old guys. So whether he plays next year or not, I have no idea. That's something, you know what? That's something for next April. That's not for now. Let's see where his heart and mind is then. I don't know. He's a guy with a lot of interests. He's a guy who wants to do different things. I don't know what his plan is. Let's see how active a role he takes in this offense over this season. I mean, is he going to be there every week with a headset on or is he going to be gone? I don't know how he plans to play this. Remember, it's his offense. They just installed it. Hackett's there now without without you-know-who. When Hackett's there without Rodgers, if you're going to be brutally honest. But that's what they have right now. And listen, I understand they're going to sing Zach Wilson's praises. They have no one else. They didn't set themselves up for anybody else. But the idea that they wouldn't bring somebody else into play is absurd. I mean, for them to say that really cuts them off. Now, again, I don't know what's out there. I don't know what they think they can get their hands on or who would be interested. Forget Tom Brady. If Tom Brady comes to the Jets behind that offensive line to play for the Jets, considering the Jets' pass and everything else, I will be the most shocked guy in the world. I, I wouldn't expect that. Plus, if his rated deal already went through, he's got he's to get rid of that before he can play in the NFL. Yeah, he's now an owner. He has to rescind that deal. He just went to painstaking ends to make good. Now he's going to avoid that to play with the Jets and get hurt? I, I, I don't buy it. Tom Brady doesn't want to end up in, a, in, in the same you know, position that Aaron Rodgers was in. And he would, very good chance he would behind that offensive line. Because that offensive line does not pass block very well. Their tackles are incredibly vulnerable. They need a game manager. Yes, it would be nice if you, you know, if you want to build the perfect quarterback, that, that's obtainable. You would build a guy who is the good at play fakes because you want to run and play action with, with this running attack. You'd like a little escapability, just a little mobility in the pocket. You don't need a guy to be a forward runner, but he just needs to be a guy who can escape a rush. And he just needs to be a guy who is a low turnover guy who takes care of the football. The Jets can win 
with defense, running game, field position, and a game manager. They don't need a star at the position. But they can't have a guy they don't believe in or don't trust. And just look at those body of plays at the end of that game. That's all you need to see. They didn't attack the end zone once. They didn't even look at the end zone. That's all the incrimination you need. It's all the evidence you need. Right there. Do I, am I one of these guys who's going to, you know, pound the table and, and say how much he believes? How, how can anybody pound the table and tell me they believe in Zach Wilson as a quarterback after what they saw last year? And if you were watching, you saw remnants of that in the preseason. I mean, in the Jet-Giant game, I watched the good part of that game. He missed some guys who were wide open. He missed a seam that was a walk-in touchdown by 20 yards. He is not an accurate thrower to football. And his interception in that game was on TV by a usually charitable Troy Aikman called Horrible. How many times do you hear the word horrible tied to a quarterback's play in an NFL game? This quarterback, I don't believe, can do the job. I understand right now he's the only game in town. But that has to change. They have to bring somebody in. And I think somebody in who will either challenge or be there to supplement, at the very least, when Zach's in trouble. Now, I don't expect them to trade a number one pick for a quarterback because if they do that, and let's say there's somebody out there who's willing to trade you a quarterback, that bumps into next year. I don't know what next year is going to bring. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wants to try this again. I have no idea. Only he knows, and I don't know if his mind might change 22 times. Remember, Aaron Rodgers walked off the field in Green Bay where last year he had basically cut himself off from the team. I mean, that situation in Green Bay last year was awful. He hardly talked to anybody on the team last year. Other than Cobb and Lazard, maybe one other guy, he didn't talk to anybody last year. He isolated himself from the entire team, including the coaching staff. So the bottom line was... You know, he thought he was 90% retiring when he left there last year. He changed his mind. He's allowed to. He might change his mind five more times before next year. I don't know what that's going to bring. With the Jets, worry about next year next year. Try to figure out some way to get to the playoffs with this team this year. I just don't think Zach Wilson's the answer. Not in any way. Your emails when we come back. You're listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, send your emails to Mike Francesa podcast at gmail.com. Remember, gmail.com. This is the Mike Francesa podcast brought to you, as always, by the good folks at Bet Rivers. Go to Bet Rivers for all of your wagering needs. We start with Doug. I see people blaming Daniel Jones for the loss on Sunday. He never had a chance. Hey, if you're blaming Daniel Jones for the loss on Sunday, get a grip. The only thing Daniel Jones did that was really wrong was when he was being pursued out of bounds by Michael Parsons and you don't want to be pursued by him. Um, 
he threw the ball back late and was picked off. You don't do that. Throw it out of bounds or get out of bounds. Don't throw the ball back late. You have no idea what's going on there. And you're asking him to get it picked off, and he did. But that offensive line had no chance. They were completely, completely overrun by the Cowboys, who were laughing at the Giants. Try and block us. Try and throw a pass downfield. See what happens. Try and throw another pass. They were taunting the Giants on the sideline. That's how bad it got. That's not Daniel Jones' problem. The one thing I didn't like, even on the opening drive, if this offense has to have Daniel Jones' legs be an insanely important part of moving the chains on any drive, this offense hasn't made the strides it needs to make. The Giants have to be able to have a drive, a forward, responsible, credible drive forward down the field for points without Daniel Jones being the guy who has to run all over the place and make first downs. That was stage one. What Dable did last year was he utilized Jones's running ability to the umpteenth degree and he cut his turnovers down to zilch. This year, he's got Waller. You want that. He's got better choices. You want that. He supposedly had a better offensive line, but it was embarrassed by the Cowboys. Embarrassed. So we have to wait before we talk about the offensive line because it was putrid the other night. But it wasn't Jones's fault at all. Uh, this is Mike. Uh, he's not hitting for average, but Alonzo is putting up another monster season. Why haven't they signed him? I, I, I'm not overrun by this, okay? Now, did they think of moving Alonzo? Well, they at least kicked the tires on a couple of trades. We've heard the Cubs, we've heard the Brewers, heard different things. I think you have to be very, very wary if you're the Mets of giving away this kind of consistent power hitter. He, he dances every dance. All right, maybe he got a little bit of a big head. Maybe he cared too much about the home run derby. Okay, maybe that's all true. He had some issues with DeGrom two years ago. He's had some issues in the locker room. All right, fine. That's not that. Hey, listen, I'm sure the guy, we know McNeil and Lindor have. I'm sure there's been plenty of other, we know that Scherzer and Verlander didn't get along. I mean, they never got along. So, hey, that stuff goes on. What he does is he puts up his 40, 45, 120, and he dances every dance. He's the kind of guy you want in the middle of your lineup. I think they resign him. Joe, does the Jet D give them a shot to win some games even without Rodgers? Yes. I mean, listen, if they get the right play from quarterback, which means good game manager, don't turn the ball over, accentuate the running game, make some plays off play action, make some quick hitters to Wilson, that kind of stuff. They can win games. They can win games with defense, running game, and then hopefully enough to keep you honest with the passing game. 
But you see, quarterbacks have to do two things. They have to keep their mistakes to a minimum, and they have to be able to drive for points when the game is on the line and put their team in the end zone. And that's your job. How you get that done doesn't matter. If you can get it done, that's the key. Can you drive your team for points when you need to? That's what the essence is. It's not about putting up 40 points. It's about putting up points when the game is on the line. Chris, the Giants may have taken a step back talent-wise. This season may be more telling for Dable than last. Listen, I made this point all offseason. The Giants have improved their roster. No question. But they could easily be a better team on paper and have a lesser record this year. The schedule's tougher. They beat a lot of teams last year. They had no right beating. They beat them with coaching. They beat them with guile. And they beat them with the ball bouncing the right way. Um, I thought they were brilliantly coached last year in terms of game plan and in terms of adjustment and also in terms of just the way he got what he needed out of certain players, especially at key times. He made Daniel Jones a winning player last year. You can see how bad things have gotten for Josh Allen without Dable. He misses Dable terribly. He's lost his way as a quarterback. And not having Dable in his ear has really changed his life. Somebody's got to take him and get him under control. Was this a big, alarming step backwards in week one? Yes. Yes, it was. To say it wasn't would be unfair. To just act like it was another game, it wasn't another game. They got their rear ends kicked. They looked non-competitive against a quality opponent. That was not a good sign. At home, division game, all that preparation time, not a good sign. John asked, Tua had another great week. Probably had the best in terms of Overall rating him as a player, a passer, putting the ball where he needed to put it, making the decisions he had to make, probably as good a game as he's ever played. Um, when he's healthy, can he be a top-tier quarterback? Listen, the injuries have robbed Tua of his ability to throw the ball deep. We all know that. He does not have the deep ball in his arsenal. But he's a winner. He can run their offense with all their weapons very well. He knows how to run it. He fits it, and he runs it ex- brilliantly. They are lethal in the way he can run that offense. Can he stay healthy? That's the question. Can he be a top quarterback? He can put up major points every week. Absolutely. You've seen him put together week after week of Phenomenal play in that offense. It works. And, you know, Hill is an insanely good weapon. It's an incredible weapon. Changes the face of the game just by his presence because of his speed. But Tua absolutely can win. He can be highly productive. I just don't know if he can stand the season. You know, he's got really... He's got a... He's a bad body quarterback who has been beat up and has... Injuries that I think are kind of permanently limiting to him. But he plays through them. 
I just think you have to watch, you know, because he has a habit of really taking some nasty, nasty hits in these games. But is he productive? Absolutely. Just look at last week as an example. I mean, look at his look at his week one numbers. That is a that is a good team. That is a good team, and I'll tell you something: New England has a defense. Don't look at week one as an example. Miami has a defense. Buffalo has a defense. Jets have a defense. Everybody in that division has a defense. The division is really good. And New England, let's be honest, they got a couple of bad breaks late in the game. They easily could have won that game. They shut down the Eagle offense. They had a two-point conversion call back. Either that, otherwise the game would have been in overtime because they got down, they were down the field easily in field goal range. They were trying for the winning score. They had the two-point conversion call back because of a penalty. Then they went for two again, obviously a longer one, and didn't make it. And the receiver didn't get his second foot down, or it would have been first and goal with enough time for them to put the ball in the end zone and beat the Eagles. They were highly competitive with the Eagles in week one. They will be in the middle of most games. And it looks like they have a few better weapons than anybody thought. So they're dangerous. They're always dangerous. They're the, you know, as long as Belichick's standing there, they're going to be dangerous. And they're going to be good on defense. And the one thing is, O'Brien, when he's been there and running the offense, has been productive. He finds weapons. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in that division. There's no easy games in that AFC East. Absolutely none. We'll have our Football Friday show up by noon on Friday, as always, as we head towards week two, the Thursday night game, Minnesota. I told you I thought Minnesota was going to have a very tough year. They won an insane number of one-score games last year, set a record. They were not nearly as good as their record indicated. They got beat badly in the playoffs. And and they lost a lot of people. I think after losing to Tampa in week one, going to Philly on Thursday night is going to be very, very hard. Very difficult. And the Eagles, you know, they did struggle in week one. They won the game, but they struggled. Those are the games you have to win in this league, and they did. They're going to have another big season. I don't think there's any question. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.